0: This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands.
1: Tottenham 2, Liverpool 2 finishes in London as the Reds lose momentum in the Premier League title race. Hello and welcome to the post-game podcast with me, your host, Patrick Smith, after Liverpool were held to a draw at White Hart Lane by a tricky Antonio Conte Spurs side. The night will be marred by controversial refereeing from Paul Tierney after England captain Harry Kane survived a reckless studs-up tackle on Andy Robertson, who himself would be sent off for a lesser, albeit similarly dangerous, tackle in the second half. The hosts opened the scoring through Kane, who stayed on the pitch until Liverpool nicked one back thanks to a Diogo Jota header from a Pinpoint Robertson cross. The fullbacks in red dominated the match, and it would be the Scotland captain to nod his side into the lead in the start of the second half, before rare Alison Becker-Blunder, in spite of his heroic goalkeeping, allowed Hyung win Son to equalise for the hosts. We've got a real treat for you on the pod tonight, however, with Paul Gorst giving us his reaction from White Hat Lane, the immediate thoughts of Liverpool supporters around the world, but best of all, Jürgen Klopp's press conference is one you definitely
2: don't want to be missing.
0: The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel.
2: Liverpool have been held to a 2-2 draw at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this evening and that was after what was probably the game of the Premier League season so far but that will cut little ice with Jürgen Klopp who was uh, definitely aggrieved with two key decisions from referee Paul Turney one that saw Andy Robertson sent off in the second half and the other one that didn't see Harry Kane sent off in the first a studs-up challenge from the England captain um, only resulted in a yellow card for uh, Tottenham's goal scorer, who opened the score earlier before that challenge and... In the second half, Robertson um, kind of lost his head and uh, almost boosted Emerson Royal into the stands. And it uh, was after deservedly shown a, sec- uh, a red card after a VAR check. Uh, it really, was an afternoon to forget for referee Tierney, who uh, Klopp felt agreed with all afternoon. Um, he was cautioning himself. He was one of nine bookings on top of Robertson's red card. And referee Tierney is probably unlikely to give out as many cards uh, this coming Christmas week. Uh, but uh, as we say it was a performance to forget from the officials, uh, Liverpool somehow uh, 10 men have dug in and come away with what could yet be a creditable point at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Klopp said that Spurs uh, were uh, a lot fitter and fresher in the second half than his side and perhaps that was to be expected given that uh, Spurs haven't played since December the 5th but have been training ever since. Um, it was Kane who gave uh, the host the, the lead early on, uh, Liverpool responded through Diogo Jota's header but um, Liverpool thought that they uh, were going to come away with the three points after Andy Robertson had uh, made it uh, 2-1 with a uh, Heather from Trent Alexander-Arnold's uh, cross. Early in the first half, Liverpool had a penalty turned away after Jotter was shoved to the floor by Royale. Another decision that went against Liverpool, Klopp said that uh, there were three key decisions in the match and they all went against his side. One was correct for the Robertson red card, but Jota um, should have been given a penalty and Kane should have been sent off. And uh, it was a rare mistake from Alison Becker, that allowed Sun young min to sneak in and make a 2-2. Uh, cruel luck on the Brazilian goalkeeper, who made two superb saves in either half, one from Kane and one from Deli Alley. He uh, didn't deserve to have um, that cruel luck inflicted upon him, but uh, Tottenham made a 2-2 and we're pushing for the, um, the, the vital third in the last 10 minutes with Liverpool down to 10. Klopp brought on uh, Joe Gomez um, and Liverpool uh, basically just backs to the wall, defending for the last 10 or 15 minutes and held on. Um, it may not look like a good point at the moment when you think that Manchester City have won uh, this afternoon against Newcastle and Chelsea have dropped more points, but um, when the uh, Premier League winners' medals are handed out this, uh, 10 men Liverpool could yet be a, a very important point in the destination of this Premier League title, but it's finished here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Tottenham at 2, Liverpool at 2
0: game podcast on the blood red
3: channel yeah ha- happy to thanks Matt uh, uh, hi Jürgen I just wonder whether I could get your thoughts generally on the game and there were some key decisions which I was uh, it's probably not appropriate to ask you as the first question but um but well, uh, can you can you talk us through the key decisions really um uh, sort of the Harry Kane uh, challenge on Robertson yeah. Robertson's challenge on uh, Royale and then the penalty decision. Uh, they they all looked from where I was sitting as if you know questionable highly.
4: <laughs> yeah. So no, let's start with the result maybe. The result I think is, is is fine. Um would have been different, I think, um with with different decisions from the ref, but With the decisions, how he did it, I'm fine with the result. It's a 2-2 at Tottenham, that's absolutely okay. It was a difficult game for us for for plenty of reasons. One is uh, uh, we had to change a lot. Um, um, And it obviously is then difficult to to deal with the different challenges in a game like this. The challenge today was we play against Tottenham, who set up a 5-3-2 um and when they won the ball deep in their own half they just kicked it as far as possible and Kane and Son were on their bikes for it so we struggle with these moments slightly that costs you obviously like It gives you some struggles a little bit because you think each ball we lose is probably... um, So we had to reorganize our protection a little bit better in the second half, that we don't run always in a counter-attack, that that makes no sense that Ibu Kunate is um, involved in our offensive passing and Tyler Morton is the one who stands against Harry Kane, that's not really how it should be. So that's the, the football part. Was intense game. Looked Tottenham looked second half slightly fresher than us. Um, we were two one up. They couldn't score the second as well. Um, but of course, the game would have been completely different with two key decisions in the first half. So let's start with Robo, We we saw it now back. And yes, you can give a red card there. It's not the harshest um, ever, but it's not the smartest as well. So he knows that and. Um, uh, He's a he's a really good boy, but he lost it a little bit. And um so this red card you can give. Um but this is the proof that the VR was there today because um before that we thought he might not be in this in his in, in his office because the two city had the two other situations. Um I think we agree now all that Harry Kane should have seen a red card. So and he didn't, and the penalty situation, Mr Tierney told me that he thought Diogo Chota stopped on purpose. He wanted to get hit. And if you watch the situation back, that's a very exclusive view. Um, and it's really difficult um, to do these things that quick. But he has... I'm not sure why he... So, you must, it was a very quick decision of him. You could see it, he saw, he saw it, it was direct, direct like this. I'm not sure if he was prepared for it or whatever, but if you watch the situation, how can you react that quick? It's a clear penalty, but he thought it's clear not a penalty. Wow. Um, yeah, that's obviously two wrong decisions of him, I would say, and one right, all three against us.
5: Thanks, John. We'll go to Matt Law and then James Piss. Hi, Jürgen. Um, can I just
0: ask you, in, with the Harry Kane situation, do you think it benefits Harry that he is the England captain when these things happen?
4: I don't, I, I have no idea why, 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 really, you have to ask, not me, you have to ask. Yeah, the VAR, that's, a, that's a clear, absolutely 100% red card. You, very often you don't see it, you cannot see it clearly or whatever. And But this situation, if, if Andy Robertson's foot is still on the ground, this leg is broken. I think we all agree on that. But luckily for both, it was in the air. It's still a red card. But um, the ref saw it differently here. James Pierce and then to Jerry Cox. James.
1: Hi, Jürgen, Hi, Jürgen. Can I just check? How, how difficult is it trying to prepare the team at the moment with everything you're having to? Handle because obviously you had to make late changes before the Newcastle game. I take it those were late changes again today. So, is, is that two games you've got into when you haven't even trained with that starting 11?
4: Yeah, true. Yeah, Handle has a cold. Handle is, is the only with proper symptoms, but he is only a cold. Um, and we had to send him home. Um, yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, we have. So we, how we always were in contact, in contact with the Premier League, and we tell them uh, our, about our cases and stuff. What happens? And we had, in the first, in the first instant, we had three cases. Uh, then two days later, Thiago was positive. That is, um, the Premier League tells us that these are pretty much the best numbers uh, in the in the league. Um, I saw Arsenal playing and Chelsea playing. They have obviously. Um, for me, the first lineup, <laughs> pretty much on, on the pitch um, for us, that's not exactly the same. Um, possible. Um, so, but yeah, there was obviously no chance with um, with four yesterday to to to, to um, cancel the game, and we had no we had no intention to do that. Um, but um, then today, Hendo on top of that, for different reasons, yes, it's tough. Absolutely tough, and they play against Tottenham, and you saw um, they looked in the second half fresher than than the first half. So this intense period, we have to make sure that we all have the same um, chances, the same situation. Pretty much, it's difficult in that moment. I I see that, Um, but. we had no, apart from I don't know which team I can line up because I always wait in the morning for the for the test results. Um, but um, we had absolutely no idea about the Tottenham team. Usually you prepare a game and you have an idea who played last week and stuff like this. We had absolutely no idea, and we saw then the lineup was I think apart from Heuberg, um, pretty much the first um, uh, the first lineup. So um, and they were all, looked already fresh, to be honest. We were first half just better and um, did or played well, Burma dominant. I'm not sure at the numbers, but it's 70 30% at Tottenham. That's now really, it's nearly ridiculous, to be honest. Um, there's no open game, it's just counter attacking. So that's all tough. But yes, the situation is not easy. But um, we play football as long as people tell us to go. Okay.
1: Got time for a couple more. We'll go to Jerry Cox and then to uh, Zia. Uh, so uh,
0: Jerry first. Hi, Jurgen um i it's been suggested there could be a circuit breaker to
4: stop the premier league for a week or two what would you feel yeah. i don't know if somebody tells me that's the solution i'm i'm in on 100% the only thing that i'm really i in. Mean. so for us it looks like we got the so the, the stuff we have in a moment no case in the stuff so no case that and the staff got the booster Um, I don't know exactly, but five, six weeks ago. So let's just guess now that that's because of. The players got the booster. um, Most of the players got the booster if they could get it after the Aston Villa game. So five, six days later, they still got... um, than Corona. Two of them had the boost already, the other two couldn't get it because they had a, got a different injection before, not a vaccination for something else. And so they couldn't get the booster. So that's it. Um, if everybody gets boosted and we have to go two weeks to home and it's really the solution and then we don't have cases, well, fine, then let's go home and 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 wait for that. Absolutely. But if we just stop it and, and don't do anything in that department, um, then I don't see the benefit of it really
1: okay thank you final question i'm afraid but it's all got to, we've got to go Zia. zia
0: um, hi Jorgen. now hi,
4: um,
0: i understand 25 of the premier league clubs have not been vaccinated so far now do you think clubs can actually do more to influence the players to be vaccinated
4: i don't know these numbers honestly it was like efl i heard something about that but i did i don't know the numbers I have no idea. It's not about. I know um, it's not about that we have to force players to do it. But we. It's always when you want to be part, when you want to be member of a club, whichever club it is, then you have to follow the rules of the club. If we say the Premier League is a specific club, and um, and you want to be part of it, then the Premier League can say you have to do this and that. So I'm not allowed to say exactly what I want about the ref today, otherwise I get a fine. Um, so I have to. I have to accept this rule and that's there are some more rules. So, but I I, I don't know, really. I cannot be always, uh, I don't want to be the spokesperson for whatever vaccination or, or other things. It's really, I think, from a common sense point of view, it makes absolutely sense to do it because we help us and other people. Um, but that's, yeah, it will not, my, 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 my opinion will not be decisive tomorrow in the meeting, never was, why should it be now?
0: The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
6: Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line Podcast. Um could be a bit of a rant, this one. Let's see how we go. Um let's get this out of the way first. An utterly shameful referee and performance from Paul Tierney and the VAR team today. Um I can only assume their feed at Stockley Park must have just cut out for the Harry Kane challenge. It's the only explanation that makes any sense to me, um, other than the fact you can't send off the England captain in the Premier League, I guess. But, you know, watching this game, I am fascinated that people could watch a game like this and conclude that Premier League officials are biased towards Liverpool (laughs) because it was so bad. Um... You know, from our side, it was probably one of the weakest performances of the season from Liverpool, which isn't entirely unexpected given the makeshift look of a section of the team today. And then with the bizarre officiating, we were also combating the 10 men we finished the game with. I suppose it's a positive that we did come away with a point based on... Ultimately our persistence, quality, but also thanks to Spurs missing a boatload of chances as well. We really rode our luck in that sense. But I do think given that we didn't have Van Dyke, Henderson, Fabinho, Tiago, you know, defensive frailties were to be expected to an extent, but my god, it was stressful to watch. Um it's strange times at the moment, you know. I do still wonder if this game should have gone ahead given the players that were missing from both squads due to these positive tests, but there's just so little clarity from the FA and the Premier League at the moment. You just don't know what's going to happen from one game to the next. You know, I'm happy for the travelling supporters today that it did go ahead because, you know, you don't want them to cancel the game with, like, an hour to go when the fans are already in London, which would have completely defeated the point, but... I wonder if we're going to be looking at a pause in the season for a couple of weeks, but we'll see what happens. But with everything going on, obviously Tyler Morton got the nod in midfield today. We had Cater, we had Milner. Morton had a decent game, I thought, but it was rough for him in that makeshift midfield today. And it was so clear that the midfield was not our first, second, third choice. You know, there were gaps there. Spurs were finding them in the first half, especially. They got the first, they could have gone 2-3 up, you know, Son missed a sitter, Deli Ali had a great chance, which Alisson just got his fingertips to, Um, we are fortunate in many ways that Tottenham are what they are, (laughs) and so bad at finishing, because they could have been 3-0 up before Jota got that equaliser, but... It was almost inevitable that Harry Kane would get the first goal, you know, just as soon as the pundits actually started paying attention to how little he's actually scored this season. You'd see that coming and then he naturally gets away with that um, studs-up challenge on Andy Robertson, which is a disgrace when we're talking about him staying on the pitch and Robertson not after today, I guess like I say, the hierarchy of what is or isn't ascending off depends on whether you captain England or Scotland, but I do think we need to have a serious conversation now about the standard of Premier League refereeing. You know, I haven't seen Jurgen Klopp's post-match interview yet, but I can't imagine he's had kind words for the officials today. He certainly didn't have kind words for Tierney at full time, that's for sure, but... It feels like the refing is getting worse by the game at the moment. Some of the decisions from Tierney and his team today were a new low, I thought. And there's just no consistency in terms of what is or isn't a sending off, what is or isn't a penalty. They just seem to be making it up as they go along sometimes. And what is VAR's job at this point? It feels like things have really regressed again on that front. You know, like I say, Tierney had a shocker, but... Referees miss things, you know. We get that. That's why VAR was brought in. But then you look at today, and it's <laughs> it's done nothing to help on two absolutely stonewalled decisions. And you think, what's the point in having it then? Um, and it's also annoying because Robertson getting the goal to put us two one up was so perfect after what happened with Kane. And then he obviously ends up being the man who gets sent off, you know, um, right after their equaliser, which was a very frustrating one too, because I think without that error, maybe, just maybe, we could have seen this out at 2-1. You know, the high line ended up costing us there, and it's such a shame that Alisson made that error when he was tremendous today and such a big part of keeping us in the game for so long. Um, I shouldn't forget to say, amongst all the ranting, Ibrahima Kanate. Imperious at the back today. Um, We knew he was a really good signing, but the speed at which he's settled into this side has been amazing to watch. You know, he was a guy who made such a difference with the last minute blocks, strong defending at key moments today. But yeah, today was just frustrating for a myriad of reasons. You know, we didn't play well because of the midfield issues, Um, we've had the bad refereeing decisions not going our way. Spurs, for their part, played their best football in ages. Conte's definitely got them playing better, that's for sure. Um, Felt like an imperfect storm of things not going in our favour today. And the league table looks like grim reading after that a little bit. You know, a three-point gap isn't unattainable, but you do worry because Man City are on one of those runs at the moment where they don't look like dropping a point. But hopefully they will at some point. Um, And I really do hope... Everything we witnessed happen today doesn't come back and bite us at the end of the season. You know, we'll see what comes next in terms of the fixtures and whether they go ahead. Leeds on Boxing Day in their current form is a nice one to get us back on track, if it does happen at least. But I don't know what else to say. Um, Yeah, what a day. Uh, I'm going to go have another drink to calm down after that. But um, cheers, up the Reds.
0: Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Why... Oh why, oh why? Is it only idiot politicians and idiot Premier League referees that face no action when they do a truly disgraceful job? We all have off days, of course, but the thing is, a factory worker has an off day and loses their job because a whole load of sandwiches are ruined. A gardener has an off day and loses their job because they have poisoned a whole greenhouse worth of kumquat. And yet, Paul Tierney, the fourth official Andre Mariner, the two, yes, two VARs, Chris Kavanagh and his assistant, Dan Robertson can all toddle off home tonight safe in the bizarre knowledge that despite showing such consistently shameful incompetence there will be absolutely zero comeuppance for their obvious shortcomings as professionals Shame on the Premier League for allowing Mike Riley and his gang of numpty mates to hold a monopoly on match-officiating. Shame on Mike Riley and his gang of numpty mates for not improving their standards. And shame on the actual numpty mates in charge tonight honestly for the league with the best players, the biggest clubs, the best managers, the best fans and the highest level of competition to have done nothing to fix the fact of having had the worst referees in Europe for a number of years now is flabbergasting. I don't actually have much to say about the football, Um, well done, Um, but uh, you know otherwise in general, I'm just so livid with the referees. I, I just googled the word incompetence after this match and I stumbled upon a term that I want to share with you because it's both new to me and utterly apt for that shower of dung that we saw in a match officiating this evening. The term is bozo explosion and a bozo explosion is, and I quote, when an incompetent manager hires a large number of incompetent employees such that they single-handedly decrease the overall competence of an organization. This often involves a manager hiring friends and former colleagues and may denote a tendency for incompetent professionals to rely on social connections to advance their career. That is a bozo explosion. Sound familiar? This is Owen from Cop On Podcast saying well done to our boys for the point under the extreme
5: circumstances. But something must be done. Mike Holt from Go On The Match Podcast with my reaction to Tottenham Hotspur 2, Liverpool 2. Um, where to start with that one? Um, <clears throat> let's just bear in mind that the final whistle's just gone, so I'm going to try and be as less reactionary as I want to be um, and try my best not to go over the top and say exactly what I think because I'm not too sure the guys at the Echo will be able to upload it. But, yeah, I mean, let, let, let's start out from a neutral sort of perspective as much as I can. What a great game of football. Yeah. Um, do really know what to go to think about going into this game. Um obviously looking at that midfield, you know, it doesn't really fill you with the massive confidence. Um Morton, Cater, and Milner in midfield, you know, you've got experience, you've got not much experience, and then you've got Nabi cater who doesn't really want to run around the pitch. Um people might say I'm being a bit harsh about that, but I'm starting to get a bit fed up of cater now. Um I mean, going on to that, the first goal, poor. Um, he, he basically bottles a challenge, Cate, on the edge of the area. Um, from that, led through to the through ball that went through to Kane. Um, seen a bit, seen a bit of criticism on Twitter by for konate regarding that, and I don't really understand that to be quite honest. You know, he didn't expect cater to lose the ball on the edge of the area, um, so he wasn't going to be that close to Kane. It was a good finish to be fair, not much really could have happened but really frustrating from Keita there you know we've seen that a few times um, against Atletico Madrid he did it in the Wonder Metropolitano as well and it, it's just frustrating with Keita because sometimes you know you see a bit of magic from him but then in the game he goes and does something like that and you know how many times can you keep facilitating something like that I just find it really frustrating to watch Tyler Morton I thought did really well I felt really sorry for him he, you know the midfield was all over the show it wasn't the usual midfield, and I just felt a bit sorry for him because he was getting pulled from pillar to post. Um, likewise, Milner, you know, he's this lad's 35, 36. You know, we're asking him to put a, a massive shift in again like that. You know, it, it must be tough for him, but yeah, you know, I, I think obviously the game's going to be centred around the controversy of the red cards. You know, Keynes, I don't really need to say it's a red card because we all know it's a red I don't understand for, you know, for, for love or money, why he's not gone to that monitor, the referee. Uh, why has he not gone to the monitor? At least gone, you know, why aren't VAR saying in his ear? Just go to the monitor, we're not too sure about it, if that's what they think. Go and make your own decision up, which is what they did with Robertson. So I, I just don't understand that, and, you know, that's a bit self-explanatory to see. Um, But we do get ourselves back in it with Jota's header, you know, you see, it's quite interesting really, you're seeing Klopp having a go at Robertson just before that goal and you can see his frustration, he took this frustration out, Robertson, to get in the box. Delivered that great ball and a superb goal by Jota. You know, at the moment for me, Jota goes into the team of the season as it stands. I think he's been absolutely superb. He's been unbelievable. He offers something more clinical going forward than what uh, Firmino does, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I absolutely love him to death. Um, and then you obviously go in a half time. <laughs> It, the game was such... It was like a basketball game. It was so end-to-end, and that's what I'm saying. You know, it was a great game of football. I actually think Conte is a, I think he's a superb manager, and, you know, he's really getting the best out of some of the Spurs players that maybe uh, Nuno San, uh, Espirito Santos didn't previously, um, and I think he'll do some decent things, given a few transfer windows of Tottenham. Um, you know, Tottenham look quite aggressive in their play, which, you know, I'm all for that, you know, as long as they don't go over the top like Kane did um excuse the pun but we got you know we 2-1 as well you know there's some people saying that maybe our second goal shouldn't have stood uh salahan ball not really too sure some people have said you know his second phase and all that you know he gives it trent absolutely blasts it across the net i don't think robertson knows too much about it to be honest Just puts his head in front of it um so that gives an assist and and a goal to robertson but what changes the game? Uh, you could argue is the Robertson red card. Um, is it a red? Some people said it's harsh. To be honest, I, I, I can see why he's given a red. You know, it's reckless. He, it's a, it's a silly challenge from Robertson. I just think he was frustrated. Um, yeah, it probably was a red. You know, you look at it for, if you look at it from the other's perspective. I think people are trying to sort of facilitate that by saying it's not a red because the Kane won. he didn't get given a red. Um, you know, you can go around the houses about those sort of decisions. But then we concede straight after our goal. Um, Alisson was absolutely superb all game. He really was. He made some absolutely world class saves. Um, and he just had a bit of a brain fart moment for that one. You know, should he have come out? Shouldn't, you know, he, some people are saying he shouldn't have come out for it. Well, if he makes contact with the ball, you're saying that's great keeping. So, yeah, he misses the ball. Like,. It is what it is. Great finish by Son. Ends 2-2. You know, we. I think we just got to take this point, look at it, the whole reflection of the game and just get on with it. You know, Chelsea have dropped points today. City have won. You know, it's just, it, it's one of them. Um, Tottenham are, you know, they're a decent enough team. You can feel like the refs are going against us today. It's one of them. Again, the boys can't be too frustrated with it. Um, we all we all know Kane should have been sent off, and that was that. But it's not going to change the result now, because see yeah, how annoyed Klopp was at the end there. But I think we just got to take this point, move on. Uh, Leicester in the cup in the week. Fingers crossed that game's on with all this COVID same scenario going round. You know, um, and then we can get the league game done. But uh, I'm not I'm not really too sure what to think of that game to be quite honest. Bit of a mad one. Uh, we take the point and we just go on.
3: Strange game for Liverpool at Tottenham Hotspur. Obviously started before the game, knowing that Liverpool are going to be a, without a massive part of the team in central areas, Virgil Van Dyke, Jordan Henderson, Thiago, and Fabinho. And straight away you thought to yourself, it's going to be a difficult afternoon. Despite Liverpool having the rest of the units in the team pretty much intact, such key individuals in such a, the most decisive area of the pitch, and obviously going to a Tottenham side who built up a bit of confidence over the last couple of weeks and still have one or two fantastic players, really. And in the first half, what I would say is, when Liverpool are at the best, they sustain their attacks, they camp the opposition in their own half, and they reduce the opposition's ability to counter-attack. And in recent weeks, that's what's been so good for Liverpool. They've really moved on to a new level, and looking back to their old selves in terms of the performance level, with Fabinho... Henderson, Thiago in that midfield, managing the distances out of possession to be able to steal the ball back from the opposition inside their own half and almost hoover up everything in that midfield section of the pitch to maintain control and maintain territorial dominance. Now, what I would say, just going back to the first half, because I think that's the the main source of success that Liverpool had, Liverpool actually sustained attack pretty well in Tottenham's final third, won the ball back a lot and were able to really look at a better team in and out of possession. I mean, there was, there was a lot in terms of said, it's, you know, it's a great game of football, fantastic, very enjoyable, and I agree with all of that, but all the quality on the ball was virtually from Liverpool. Now, what I would counter that by saying is Tottenham's game plan to play long and direct when they, they, then they got the ball to Kane and Son, it was very successful and engineered more than it, that it should have been able to from Liverpool. So even though Liverpool were sustaining attacks, what they weren't doing in the second part of what they're normally good at is stopping counter-attacks. And this isn't that Tottenham were slicing Liverpool open with incisive play and through the midfield, but it was more going direct with runs from Son in behind the two centre-halves who really struggled to manage them that, that penetration from Tottenham. And then the second one was second balls and runners within the midfield area of the pitch just going beyond liverpool's midfield players and getting into some good areas and liverpool managing them distances when the ball was relocated into their half and at times you just felt that tyler morton was left slightly isolated in that sense normally what liverpool are fantastic at or when they're at the best is that that midfield, whether it be in their own half or the opposition's half, have such short distances that the, the, the amount of numbers means they can steal back possession and reduce the opposition's ability to get their heads up and pick a pass. And that's what they weren't able to do from Tottenham. And the reason I say a strange game is, you come out of it thinking to yourself, Liverpool have been really good in most aspects of the game there. By far the better team, however, could easily have come away on a two or three goal deficit based on the, well, clear-cut chances Tottenham were able to muster by Liverpool not being able to control them two forward players and it all came from the midfield lack of ability to manage the counter-attacks and the second balls and then obviously filtered into the centre-halves inability to manage Son and Kane's movements at times in behind, especially Son. So, in terms of the midfield, I mean, I've said it for a number of years now, at least two years, that James Milner has been below the level to play in central midfield Liverpool. And I don't like singling out players, but it's just a matter of fact. I know that Milner's fantastic behind the scenes and has been an excellent footballer. And in terms of all the fitness levels, he's still, no question, got the fitness levels to play at elite level and cover ground. But it isn't about covering ground. It's about when you get that certain bit older. It's that decision making. It's that reaction time. And so often he ceded possession in the first half and even in the, the latter stages of the game when Liverpool went down to ten men, in what you would associate as an experienced player being able to get on the ball, make the right choices. There was even a spe- spell with three minutes to go where he gave the ball away three times in 40 seconds. which That just comes from a decision making which is not as sharp as in previous years. and Every time he plays in there he massively decreases Liverpool's ability for me to manage games and, and control the midfield and that's just a, a fact of life when, when age catches up and it's no no slight on the player or, or the great career that he's had but I don't think it can go on for much longer obviously you could argue Liverpool didn't really have a, a choice with the selection in midfield today and also an interesting one is it's often said that James Milner plays every position, but Klopp's very resident to use him as the deepest player in the midfield three. I think he started there at Norwich on the opening day, but again, that was because of a lack of bodies. And he really struggled in the position and Liverpool struggled on the day in terms of the use of the football. And I don't think he feels that he's a player who can build, who's great in the building phases and in deeper positions in transferring the ball. And hence the reason he plays in slightly higher as one of them two number eight positions, but it didn't work. And in the second half, I felt that Liverpool were really poor. I felt Tottenham created good chances and arguably were going to go on to win the game. Now, one thing I will always come on to is, because I mentioned about that Liverpool were really good in certain areas of the game and they, they, they struggled and suffered in other elements of the game, they were managing a, a quite basic game plan from Tottenham. And I think, first of all, you'd always have to look look for yourself and what you could do better and I think Liverpool will reflect on that and you felt that maybe they could address that midfield problem and certainly the the centre-half problems of, of players getting in behind at half-time and then their superior players and superior quality would come to the fore, but they never really did that. I thought that they didn't have control in the second half and Tottenham had much better chances. So there's a lot for Liverpool to recriminate themselves about about the performance. Now, on the other hand, I'm not a person to look at officiating decisions. However, in this game, it obviously had a big bearing on the outcome. I mean, the Jota penalty decision is just absolutely farcical. That can't be given a, as a penalty kick straight in the back as he's about to pull the trigger. It's a stonewall penalty. And then obviously you had the Kane decision, which in this day and age you, you would normally expect a, or have a high possibility to be a red card. Although the, the the worst decision for that for me was the Jota one, which obviously would have put Liverpool in the lead at that stage at a crucial moment in the game and may have ideally settled them down. However, that doesn't excuse Andy Robertson's decision because regardless if it was a, a red card from Kane or not, that was a red card from Andy Robertson. Really poor, really poor minute, minutes to do it in the game because you'd always felt with Liverpool having the full accumulation of players on the on, on the playing field they, they have quality to be able to make chances and potentially even though they weren't as good in the second half go on to win the game when he does that that surrenders them that opportunity and with any points being vital at this stage of the season then unfortunately you, you'd have to consider that it's a really poor judgment, and Klapp on that. I mean, Liverpool's disciplinary record's been fantastic under him, and Roberts will have some apologising to do for his part in that, and not allowing Liverpool to have a platform to go on and potentially take the points out of the game. So, really strange emotions in the fact that a lot was, sort of, especially in the first half, there was so much to admire about Liverpool's performance once again, albeit with the depleted side, which you have to factor in as being a big. Feature within the game, Liverpool going into it, obviously their capacity to win the game changes by their absences, certainly being the dominant force in the game. However, there's also some moments where, you know, Alisson's had to make a number of fantastic saves from point blank ranges, Liverpool giving up chances like that, and you can't afford to do that in a game of football. Ironically, Alisson then goes and makes the, the poor decision that allows Tottenham to equalise. So a bit of a mixed bag for Liverpool. But one thing I will say is, obviously with the Manchester City winning the game against Newcastle, I know they have Newcastle, so they were likely to win the game anyway, but winning it with a full capacity of uh, squad and Liverpool not having that and looking in key areas short of what they would normally be could have a really big factor in the coming weeks. I think this will obviously average out because the Premier League will go back to a project restart sort of protocols and I'm sure then the players won't be becoming infected as they are now, so it'll start to marginalise itself out. But the reality is Manchester City have gone on and got two more points from Liverpool today in what could be a really close title race. And Liverpool can't do with anything about that off the field in terms of the players who were absent today. However, they can help themselves on it. And today, they haven't done that in key moments for me.
0: You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.